0: Well, some people will tell you, don't talk politics on a podcast. I'm not one of those people. I like to know what the purpose is, and I like to know what the pressures are behind the scenes, and we're going to do that. My guest is Melanie Miller, Ohio State Representative. Melanie Miller, next. heat is on. Let's get cooking. This is Purpose Under Pressure, sharing stories of why we are here and how we fight hard to make it happen every day, regardless of what happens to us. And if you like this show enough to listen, if you're here and you like it, would you follow that, uh, uh, hit that follow button, maybe subscribe, leave a review maybe just tell a friend that we're here. It's important. And it lets others know that uh, this show might be worth a listen for them too. So Purpose Under Pressure is brought to you in partnership with Sandler by the Ruby Group, serving sales professionals nationwide from their Akron and Columbus, Ohio, also Jacksonville, Florida locations. Selling is an art. You know that. It's at the heart of everything that you do in business. And so let's do it on purpose with Sandler by the Ruby Group. You can check them out online at sandler. Com. I am excited today to bring you our guest direct from Columbus, Ohio and the State House. Welcome to Purpose Under Pressure, Melanie Miller. She is Ohio State Representative serving District 67, which is all of Ashland County, which is my hometown. Also the western portion of Medina County, including Brunswick. Uh, Melanie is also the Executive Director at Ashland Pregnancy Care Center. That's where I met her many, many, many years ago. She's a former Miss and Mrs. Ohio the only person to hold both titles. Maybe we'll talk about that today, too. It is my pleasure and, and distinct honor to welcome you, Miss Melanie Miller, to the Purpose Under Pressure podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Brian. I am so happy to join you, and I'm so glad we were able to make this happen.
0: I am, too. I, I am, too. I, I I'm so enamored by what you're trying to do because I've known you for a long time, and I was shocked when I saw, wherever I saw it, that you were running for state representative. I said Melanie's <laughs> not a politician. What is what what's going on here? And yet there yes. you and I'm, and I'm really glad you did it. Are you
1: glad you did it? I am too. And you know, <laughs> every day there are moments where God reminds me that I am right where he wants me. And so, I am so glad I did it because I for me, I know I heard very clear from the Lord the call to to move forward. And the way I look at my life is if as long as you're obedient and it doesn't matter how scared you are, you just, you just, you need to be obedient, step out of the boat and he will take care of the rest. (laughs) We're
0: afraid of things we don't know, aren't we? And those big things like running for government. I mean, holy cow, I ran for the school board and thought that was the biggest thing. And, and there's a lot of people that will run, you know, there's other things that are even smaller than that. And yet it still scares them. It's really important to know that there's nothing we can't accomplish, isn't
1: it? That's exactly right. I, you know, it's interesting. Our state motto for Ohio is with God, all things are possible. And I will tell you, I love that Ohio honors that in our motto because that truly is life's truth that apart from God, we cannot do things. But with Him, anything's possible if we put our faith and trust in Him. And certainly that theme has been woven throughout my life with all that um, that I've been a part of and have been able to accomplish. And I've been very blessed with my life because I've adopted that even as my own personal motto. Yeah.
0: And you're making big differences and, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. This show is purpose under pressure. It's about the purpose that we have, that is who we are, regardless of what our jobs are, what, you know, this is what we were put on this planet to do. And then the problems that come along that try to knock us off and make us do it different. And so to do that right. Let's set it up. Melanie Miller, what is your purpose? Why do you do what you do? And maybe even why did you run to be an Ohio State representative?
1: That's right. Well, that is a huge question. Yeah. And I think that is the answer we all have to answer someday is what is our calling? What is our purpose in life? And I think over the years it has certainly changed and and I have discovered what that is. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I gave my life to the Lord Um, when I was a freshman in college and when I surrendered and gave my full life to the Lord, my plans to the Lord, my purpose and mission really did change. And I believe that's really when my journey, um, took off and it's when I stopped trying to do things Melanie's way and doing what I wanted and striving for what my goals and dreams were. And I just put my life and, and my plans into the Lord's and allowed him to lead and to guide me. And quite honestly, since I, since those moments, I feel that my life has had greater purpose and more fulfillment, and I have more joy in my life because I have nothing to worry about if he is directing and he is in the driver's seat, which is part of why I'm here today. But I I think first and foremost, as a Christian, which is a core of of who I am, it's it's part of my foundation, um, part of my purpose is to bring honor and glory to God with all that I'm doing wherever he's planted me. And right now... He has called me and planted me here at, in the Ohio legislature, at the Ohio House of Representatives, to be a voice um, for his values, his principles. Um, but also, not only that, but just in my daily interactions with people, it is, it's is—it's an incredible honor to serve in the um, Ohio State House. But I find it a great mission field, too, to work with my colleagues um, and um the different groups, the community groups, and so of constituents that I'm working with, but you know, just my my behavior, my character, my integrity. In fact, that was key when I first started: is am I someone of, of integrity, and do I honor my word? And certainly, I strive to be that type of person. But certainly, there are different pressures in these leadership roles that um, you know I've seen firsthand on day one as a new state representative how not everybody uh, you know shakes their hand and, and keeps keeps their word, you you know, and, um, and I want to be that person. So I want the character of who I am to honor and reflect Christ because I'm um, number one, I'm his ambassador. I am, I am his representative and everything I do and say and how I behave, how I treat others is a reflection of Christ first and foremost. And so I am always prayerful and mindful about Lord. I want you to be pleased with, with how I behave, with the words I speak, um, how I act, how I present myself. So at the, at the end of the day, that is really my ultimate purpose, <laughs> is is to bring honor and glory to him and, and to love others um, and see, see people through his eyes.
0: And so I want to ask a question, and I'm not quite sure how to phrase this. I don't mind anyone offense to anybody, but you speak more about Christ and our Lord more often than many people who are probably still Christian. You certainly do it more than I do. I am a Christian, and yet I don't talk about it. I don't talk about him as much as you do. The reason I want to ask this question is, has it been at all a problem for you where people say, hey, Melanie, dial that back a little bit? You're like, So you're in the political world, right? And this is one of those pressures too. Have, have people tried to hold that in a little bit because maybe it's not politically correct, and yet you're like, no, I'm I am who I am? How does that work for you?
1: I appreciate the question. And I would certainly say I, because I know you, Brian, and you know who I am and you, you know where my heart is. I'm speaking more freely with you than maybe I would a stranger. That's good. That's good. Um, But I would say, um, at the end of the day, I, I am not ashamed of Christ. And I I believe in the scriptures that say, if you deny me, he will deny you. And, and, and I, (laughs) I don't want God to ever deny me because I was afraid to stand up for him. Quite honestly, I, that's probably what I'm most fearful of is, you know, at the end of my life, him, me standing before him and him saying, I never knew you. That is, I don't want that to be the case. Um, I, you know, for me, I feel like, You can walk a Christian life without even using your words. Um, People, just by the way you live your life, you are, you're telling a story and, and I'm speaking boldly with you because we have a a, a friendship. We have a relationship, but, but no, I don't usually always use my words. I, I, am hoping that the way I live my life, the way I carry myself, people already know that you're a Christian because of how you, how you act. Yeah. and, and so maybe maybe that's the best way to say that. I, I certainly, in my life, when I look at um, the my my journey, you know, with Miss Ohio and going to Miss America, there have been people in my path that have said, you know, that's a negative. You shouldn't talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it goes back to for me, it was an important part of my journey um, as Miss Ohio and uh, going through the Miss, Mrs. Ohio experience. I actually, the Lord used the pageantry in my life to actually bring me to a closer relationship and to a point of surrender. And so it's hard not to share my testimony without talking about what the work God has done in my life there. There's so much intertwined together for me.
0: I'm so glad that that's your answer. I didn't expect anything differently, and I'm glad that's working out (laughs) for you. Um, And so let's talk about that a little bit more. I, I do remember you mentioned our friendship. I remember when I learned that you were running, I immediately thought, well, I hope that state doesn't eat her up. You know, and change who she is, and those <laughs> those things that that you think that politics can do. You know, there's anyway. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to pretend to talk about things I don't know about, but I know it must be hard. Let's talk about some of those pressures, the things that try to knock you down. Can you give me some examples of what it's like to be a first time representative, and it's in such a position, and and trying to make your way as as a freshman representative?
1: Well, first and foremost, Brian, that is you are exactly right. I I feel like. There are a lot of pressures when when you have power, absolutely, and in leadership. And in my life, I have experienced excellent leadership and I've experienced poor leadership. And I'm thankful that I've had those examples in my life. But for me coming into the state legislature, this is not a place. To try to figure out who you are and what your purpose is, you have to know what you stand for before you get here. And you know, I've had the I've had the privilege to go through Leadership Ashland um, over the years. And you know, we did our our strengths finders. And you know, I'll never forget my and my my top two giftings. Number one was positivity, which maybe doesn't surprise you. No, <laughs> I always no. try to have a positive outlook or or, or something encouraging. But my second strongest um, strength was always belief a strong um, belief in, in, you know, what your values are, what you stand for. So for me, I have known before I got to this point, I know where the line is in the sand. I know where I will not compromise um, when it comes to moral issues, when it comes to Biblical principles when it comes to, you know, freedom and faith and family, you know, those are there are certain issues that I am not going to compromise on. Um, So I have to know what I stand for before I get here, because there are a lot of pressures. There are a lot of folks that want to try to sway you, you know, into this way or or this way. Um, But there are a lot of things you can compromise on that are not moral issues for me, if you will. You know, there are different policy things that you can compromise on. And um, we all maybe have the same desire to get to the same ending point, but we have different ideas on how to get there and how to accomplish that. And so it is important that that you, from different life perspectives, wherever maybe you come from an urban city compared to a rural community, the way, you're, way you grew up, you see the world differently. And it's important that you understand that from your colleagues or from, you know, men and women. I think we, we don't have these conversations anymore in our culture because... Because we just cancel one another if, if we disagree with one another. But it is important to build relationships to be able to move forward and to find a solution. So I think for me, um, yes, there have been pressures, but it comes down to you have to know who you are. And for me, I know who I am in Christ. That is Uh, part of my foundation, but I also have made very clear at the very beginning, I know where my boundaries are and I know where I'm not going to cross that line. I think that's really important when you're in a place like this, that you have that clearly defined before people are defining that for you.
0: Have you been pushed up against that wall yet? Have you been pushed across your boundary at all?
1: I have not been pushed across my boundary, but I will tell you when you build relationships, you may feel bad about something, but I have been able to have meetings with people and say, I appreciate your point of view. However, this is why I'm a no vote on this, or this is why I hope you understand. Um, Those aren't always easy conversations, but I'll be honest with you, people, you build people's respect when you are able to um, give an answer for why you're voting a certain way, at least in this this way. And that's, I think that's something, you know, every vote that I take, um, for example, I was for the transportation budget for uh, so we voted in my first year just finishing up my first year in the legislature two big items we had to get done was the transportation budget and the state operating budget and when it came through the second time around for the house to vote on the transportation budget I was the only no vote Um, and Senator Roman Chuck was the only no vote in the senate and you know that was you know hard to be the only one with the red on your name on the board when it's lit up when everyone casts their vote but i knew my why i knew why i was voting no and it was because of the people i represent in brunswick there was uh, a line item that was very detrimental to the people in brunswick um, almost 90 families will lose their homes if this line item moves forward in the transportation budget so for me i was taking a stand the people i represent as well as as well as our senator and so you know sometimes you do have to you might be the only one that's voting a certain way but if you give people your word and and you do what you believe is right and you you know at the end of the day you have to be able to go to sleep at night and um and not have any regrets so if you can defend why you know you are a yes or no vote then i believe you can sleep well at night um some sometimes it's hard but I think that's kind of been my philosophy or, or, or how I take a look at everything that I'm voting on.
0: What kind of a pressure must there have been on a freshman representative as the only no vote? Because I know how important those unanimous votes are and, and the, the, the speakers and the, the leaders, they yeah. want that unanimous support. And here's, here's the upstart whippersnapper freshman that said, nope, not going to do it. Was there a lot of behind the scenes arm? I mean, was that hard?
1: No, um you know what, I, quite honestly, I was upfront with folks. It wasn't a surprise to them that I was a no vote because I had those conversations ahead of time to explain why I needed to vote no. Um and quite honestly, I knew it would pass no matter how I voted. Okay. And so for me it was important that I voted so my district knew that I was standing with them on on this legislation. So I think at the end of the day, as long as you're upfront and honest about where you stand, People can respect that um, and you know what? Someone might be upset with you, but at the end of the day, there's another day <laughs> and then you'll get along with that. So, so people understand that and that's part of why you're here. You're here to be a voice for those that you represent. And um, for my district, that was um, a, a big no for us because of the homes that would be lost yeah. with this um,
0: line item. Yeah. God bless you for doing that. And I think those kinds of things you can stand on in the future. And when there's an opportunity to address that or fix it or, or repair it or improve it in some way, you can say, look, I was for this in the past. I'm for it now. And you don't have to kind of go back and forth. Can you share some, because I know you're very principled. I know there's things you wanted to do and want to do. Um, can you share some maybe positive movement that you've been able to see that's like, man, I'm glad I'm here because this is happening. Give me some of that as well. Some of the good stuff.
1: That's right. There has been so many great things that we have been able to accomplish this year. Um, I think people will begin feeling in the state of Ohio there, we were able to simplify our tax code. So instead of having four brackets, we now have two brackets to make that very simple. Um, I think for me, one of the reasons I am here is to fight for the unborn and for families. And I see how firsthand at working um, at the Pregnancy Care Center, how inflation has really impacted families. And one of the things that I was able to do in the state budget, started as a bill, and then the, we were able to fold it into the state budget, which is even better, is we uh, introduced a tax exemption for certain baby care products. So that families who have, you know, small children, babies, um, that diapers and wipes and certain baby equipment like cribs and car seats and pack and plays and carriers would be tax exempt in the state of Ohio. So I am so proud to say that as of October 1st, specific baby items are now tax exempt in Ohio. And that was a huge win. And I would say as a new legislator. One of the coolest moments is when you have people in uh, in your district reach out and say thank you because they felt the difference when they went to buy those diapers and wipes for that week. And um, although it does not uh, it does not fold in all of the items like formula as well. Formula is so costly for families. Um, it it at least is about 50% of the way there. So hopefully we can ex- expand that a little bit. The other thing, uh, connecting kind of to the work I do at the Pregnancy Care Center, it was brought to my attention as I had visited many of our children's hospitals in the state that the most vulnerable babies that are in our NICUs that are, you know, uh, 22 weeks, uh, between 22 to 40 weeks before their full term, they're fighting for their life. And there is a life-saving um breast milk fortifier that can be added to a mom's breast milk so that a child can um, get the nutrients that, that he or she may need to, to put on weight, um, to just boost their immune system, to help them recover more quickly. And it was brought to my attention that many families that have these little ones, there, there is a, a breast milk fortifier. It's $15,000 per treatment and insurance was not covering this. And so we got it into the budget. I fought for it. And so now Medicaid and private insurance will cover this so that now families, when they have a little preemie, they don't have to worry about getting that life-saving support. It's going to be covered from here on out. So those are two small items I'm very proud of. Um, uh, It's sort of one of the reasons I'm here is to help fight for families and our children and our moms so that they can have a great start in life. Um, but we've also done a lot of other great things. Um, We were able to eliminate 90% of the cat tax for our small business owners. That was a huge win. Um, We were able to help with some local government funds. We also did some historic investments in infrastructure improvements. Ohio has a lot of infrastructure and quite honestly aging. And there are a lot of communities that can't afford to upgrade those. And that's an important part of economic development. And then there were also huge historic investments in our public school system and career and tech education as well. Um, So I'm I'm very proud of the work that we've done with our, our operating budget and the transportation budget. So those are just a few little highlights. Um, but it, we're, the work is just beginning and uh, I'm looking forward to what else we can accomplish this next year.
0: One of the biggest problems we have as managers and leaders is sometimes we're not focusing on leading and we end up doing it for our sales team. How do we coach our people to help them figure out what self-limiting belief that they have that's holding them back from achieving the levels of success that they know they're capable of? Help them flush out what we call their own head trash, that thing that's holding them back. work with your team, lead by example, watch your team achieve greater levels of success, and watch your team grow, and more importantly, watch your company and your business grow. And so I know your purpose doesn't change. I'm interested, if you don't mind, of a story of a failure. So I'm wondering if you had to bring something home and you know, say your to your wonderful husband, you know, I just I didn't get it done. I'm a freshman. I I missed I missed this one or whatever it might be. Um that first year is tough. Yes. Be honest with me and share with me some of the things that didn't go well.
1: Sure. Well, I will I mean I the first story that comes to mind is I have learned that you cannot act too quickly. And um, for me, Issue 1 was um, an important issue, and, and, it, and it was defeated, obviously, or defeated. And so now, as you know, the life issue is one that's near and dear to my heart. And um, so with that, the passage of Issue 1 was very difficult. And so maybe one of the things I wish if I could go back on was had stayed quiet um, for a few more days to allow that dust to settle because that is a very passionate topic for people on both sides of the issue. And I know I have colleagues and friends that are good intentioned. I I believe and agree with everything they want to do, but sometimes you just need to be quiet. And I, and I've learned my lesson. I've learned my lesson this year already on um, when, when folks want an answer immediately within 20 minutes, I need to know if you're in or out. You know, if, if people need an answer immediately, the answer is no. Just no. Uh, <laughs> good, good <laughs> that's what advice. I've learned. Good advice. And you know, I, I guess for me, I've learned that not to just jump on that. Now, sometimes you do have to act quickly if there is, you know, an emergency clause, and we've had to do that in the legislature for different things. But I, I think for me, I've learned my lesson already. You know, um, on sometimes there's no reason to stir things or to to make people uh, more angry. But just to stop and um, and just take a breather and, and, and to really just pause to pray. You don't have to give people an answer immediately for something. And if they do, maybe the Lord's saying, not now. Yeah. So I've learned my lesson and I've shed some tears over that. Yeah. But um, it's a new day. It's a new day.
0: And speaking of a new day, 2024 <laughs> is already here by the time this airs. It will be have been 2024. <laughs> Happy New Year. What's next? What are you excited about in 2024? What are you going to get done? What's on the plate?
1: Yes. Well, I will tell you one of probably the one piece of legislation I've been working tirelessly on since last year in February, and we're hoping to get it passed this year in 2024. It's called the Never Alone Act. It's House Bill 236. And that is a bill that would allow families when they have a loved one who is in the hospital or nursing home or congregate care facility, that they would never be left alone in their time of need. That it's patient-driven and they always have, a patient always would have an advocate, a hand to hold, a compassionate caregiver, if you will, to be with them. Many of us know personally um, a loved one or a friend that Um, with their battle with maybe COVID, or I remember when those COVID precautions were in place, there were families that were having their baby for the first time and the husband was not allowed in that delivery room because of those COVID precautions. I remember my husband, the mayor of Ashland, having to go to the ER locally. And I was pushed out of the ER because of the COVID precautions while my husband was crawling into the ER. And, And quite honestly, people deserve to have someone with them if they wish. And so we're hoping that never again mm-hmm. will people be left alone in a healthcare emergency or at any time, that people should have the right to have have someone with them um, if they would like. So that's uh, one legislation, that, a piece of legislation I'm working tirelessly on with um, my joint sponsor, Rep Lear. We're both very passionate about Uh, medical freedom for Ohioans, but a couple other maybe lighthearted ones I'm really looking forward to working on is looking at some workforce um, development issues with children, um, and also for folks who are um, wrapping up maybe a sentence in prison, how do we integrate those individuals into the workforce? So I'm looking forward to some legislation I'm I'm building right now with some individuals to address some of those issues. Um, And so I, I look forward to that in the future.
0: You know, Melanie, real quick question before we wrap up. I'm just interested in this. You're there with your purpose, accomplishing the things that are important to you and to your, the people that you represent. If you weren't there and someone else was with different ideas, do different things happen? Because these needs that you're pushing ahead are needs no matter what, but maybe they fall on a deaf ear. How does it work behind the scenes when somebody's trying to get something done? Would it happen anyway, even if it weren't you, or is it really you pushing these things ahead?
1: That is a, that's an excellent question. And, you know, the way I look at it is every individual has unique experience that they bring to the table. I think one of the, the coolest things about being here is that as I've gotten to know my colleagues in the Ohio legislature and in the Senate as well, there are folks who are doctors, nurses, farmers, pastors, business owners, um, veterans, teachers, nonprofit leaders, former, you know, city or county officials. Um, so you've got a wide variety of experience. And so I think each person, whoever is voted by their district, they bring their unique set of experience, life experiences and passions to the table. So um, so I think, we, you know, you have to take that into consideration. Um, This year with the General Assembly, it's been very different. Um, Again, I don't have anything to compare it to, (laughs) but we certainly had a a rocky start to our legislature um, with how um, our leadership was voted on and selected, and that has created some challenges in this General Assembly already, and I imagine it will continue to. Um, But I think at the end of the day, um, it's all about building relationships. It's about putting your differences behind you and figuring out how you can work together for the people of Ohio and the people of your district. And that's what I'm focused on. What can I do to help my district? And so when I have these ideas or these issues that I'm passionate about, I go to those people. And I, and I, I, I try to collaborate with my colleagues to figure out who else has this passion and who else to come on board and support an issue. Um, certainly, I don't have to have everyone supportive of my cause, but that's part of what the, um, you know, the, the committee process is, is to kind of vet good legislation and let it go through that process. But um, I, I certainly think um, having good relationships with people who are making those decisions certainly do um, add and, and certainly do help for sure.
0: So I want to wrap up with, uh, we've talked a lot about pressure. I want to go back to purpose as we finalize <laughs> this, because I know that's the most important thing to you. If you haven't thought about this before, take a second. Um, when you're done as a state representative and you look back, what do you want the people of Ohio? What do you want people to think about you when they uh, say, Hey, that Melanie Miller, she, oh. what do you think?
1: I, the first thing that comes to mind is, well, hopefully I have the honor and privilege just eight years total, uh, which is the the max for a state representative before your term limited. I hope that the people of my district would say, she fought for us. She really cared and she really fought for us. I hope that each year when it comes down to the budget or capital budget that I fought for real change to make a difference in the community with projects to help get funded. I, I know for me The people who served before me, like Senator um, Larry Obhoff, or I think of, um, I guess, Senator as well, um, uh, Bill Harris, Mm -hmm. they were so good at bringing dollars back to our district for projects. I want to even go above and beyond what those men did before me. Um, But at the end of the day, I think probably the most important thing is, is that I hope people would see that. I'm a woman of integrity and I love the Lord and that, and I, and I hope and pray that everyone would be able to say that at the end of the day of my, my time in serving is that she was a woman of integrity. She did what she felt was right. Um, So those would be maybe the two takeaways. And uh, on a side note, which is totally crazy, Brian, (laughs) I just heard that there are different little surveys that the legislature does every year. And someone nominated me as the nicest lawmaker. Okay. So we'll see if I end up winning that title at the end of the year. Um, But that was very kind that my colleagues uh, put me up for that.
0: (laughs) And that's what you're trying to accomplish. And so good for you. I mean, they could probably nominate you for a lot of different things. I think that's the one you want, right? Yeah. Very well done. So if someone wanted to talk to you, and I know sometimes it feels like politicians and representatives are out of reach, how would people, and I'm sure you encourage them to, how would people uh, get your ear a little bit?
1: Absolutely. Probably the easiest way is to just send an email to our um, our office, which is rep67 at ohiohouse.gov, or you can also go to the ohiohouse.gov website and search my name. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter to get updates from the state. You can follow legislation, um, and that you can also... Um, First of all, I would say, come visit me in Columbus. I would love to take you on a tour of a state house and uh, and host you. So that's uh, part of the some of the things that I can do for you here. But also, don't hesitate. I find that um, part of the reason I'm here, too, is to help if people are having challenges, maybe helping getting benefits or trying to contact a different state office, we have liaisons in all of the state offices to help move cases along maybe more quickly or to port people in the right direction. So feel free. Don't ever hesitate. There is never, um, there's, it's never a burden to contact our office. That is what we are here to do is to serve.
0: Good for you, Melanie. I, I I don't mind saying this. I I am a conservative. People know that I'm a conservative. I'm not I'm not political. I can have this same conversation with anyone of any different. In fact, some of the funnest conversations I'll have is with someone with a little more of a liberal mindset because we can get into it a little bit, you know. Um, but I will say this: I've known you for a long time, and you are no different now than you were then, and then you'll be tomorrow or the next day, no matter the success that you've had, the different titles that you've won, the different ways you've served your service here in Ashland as as a representative and part of the the mayor's uh, efforts. And then at the state representative, you are just Melanie Miller. And I think that's the most highest compliment I can give someone in elected office because I know how hard they try to knock you off of that. And you just won't let them do it. And I really do thank you uh, for being vulnerable and sharing these stories with with me and our audience.
1: Well, thank you for that compliment. That is wonderful. At the end of the day, I love people. And this is why I love doing this. It, to me, it never feels like work. It is a joy to serve people. Matt and I are people, people, people. Is that the right way? <laughs> we, sure. we just love First people. We, we absolutely do. And so um, we are filled up and energized by serving. Mm-hmm. So thank you for the honor and privilege it is um, for this opportunity to serve you.
0: Folks, that's Melanie Miller. She is your Ohio State Representative, District 67, and she's an person. So thank you very much to Melanie for being a part of our show. Uh, You are always welcome, and I hope that uh, you enjoyed that conversation on Purpose Under Pressure. It is brought to you by Sandler by the Ruby Group. Sellers are under pressure to perform, and Sandler helps you succeed on purpose. Thank you to them for sponsoring season four of the Purpose Under Pressure podcast. You'll find all past episodes of Purpose Under Pressure at bryanmediastrategies.com slash podcast. And wherever you stream your podcasts, we do this every week. And we'll see you next time on Purpose.